This episode includes dramatization of real events and conversations. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. In key ways, the situation of the Soviet Union in the 20th century parallels our current dilemma with the monopoly public school system in Texas. Despite the, of course, many different complexities, we actually share the same basic decision as East and West Berlin. On one side of the city, a free market and prospering society. On the other, a monstrous government-controlled monopoly. Furthermore, in that situation, the Soviet leadership knew their dysfunctional system wasn't working for the everyday people. Yet the few oligarchs gripped onto their failing rusty machine as long as possible, feeding from its power and cash. Similarly, in Texas, a relatively small group of administrators, lobbyists, corporations, and union leaders are clinging on to our decaying government monopoly system because they're still siphoning billions and billions of your dollars from it. But if citizens and state lawmakers want to finally bring into reality the Texas Constitution's promise of an efficient, flourishing education environment for our families and children, then no doubt the current situation must change. It's perhaps the most pivotal fight of our day, and citizens are perhaps closer than ever to winning it here in Texas. This is the conclusive episode of Exposed Season 2. The hero of our whole story is you, the parents. Parents are indeed the ones who will ultimately change the current education machine here in Texas. Listen to this parallel story from history. In the spreading aftermath of Chernobyl in 1986, a powerful force arose, citizens speaking out. BBC described the events. All of a sudden, the USSR witnessed a new phenomenon, the grassroots green movement. In Ukraine and Belarus in particular, the countries most affected by Chernobyl, these movements were gaining strength at an unprecedented pace. They were led not by party bureaucrats, but by writers, students, doctors, and scientists. And the Communist Party found itself in the glare of harsh, critical scrutiny. As Chernobyl revealed itself as the symptom of a corrupt and failing system, rather than a technological catastrophe. Very soon, a pro-independence movement grew on the back of the Chernobyl protests in Ukraine and Belarus, with the ineffectiveness of the Soviet system a key factor. President Gorbachev and his allies tried to modernize something that was unstable and inefficient. Chernobyl then represented a fundamental shift in the relationship between the Soviet citizenry and the state. Read an article from Slate magazine. Before the explosion, most Soviets were not discontented dissidents. They believed in the Soviet system, forgave its flaws, and hoped for a better future within its confines. But after Chernobyl, the system seemed potentially unredeemable and actively dangerous. Indeed, Soviet President Mikhail Gorbachev wrote that the event, quote, more than anything else, 
opened the possibility of much greater freedom of expression to the point that the system as we knew it could no longer continue. That expression spread like wildfire across the country, and the rest of the story is history. In Texas now, citizens are similarly engaging more with their children's education and the public education system. Like Houston area dad, Josh Posey, who testified to the Waller ISD school board after the district staff tried to withhold a high school sexual violence curriculum from parents. How can you allow a third party to present anything to our students without vetting the material or making a copy available for parents to review? Our children deserve more thoughtful protection. What are you hiding in this presentation? What do you not want the parents in this district to see that you're teaching our children? Why will you not allow one parent to review this when thousands of students already have? How much taxpayer money have you spent trying to keep us from learning what you're teaching our children here? Or there's Central Texas teacher and parent Tara Petch, who, along with her community of parents, successfully petitioned the Fredericksburg School Board to improve their library book review rules. Not to ban books, but to have book boundaries, simply ensuring pornography isn't in their elementary schools. There are boundaries um, for children everywhere. They can't drink alcohol. They can't smoke cigarettes. You know, same thing goes for, you know, the reading material that are in schools. It needs to be age appropriate for them. And that's all that we are asking. That's all we've ever asked for. Or North Texas citizen Carlos Tercios, who helped his neighbors campaign and eventually defeat several of Fort Worth ISD's proposed wasteful spending sprees that totaled in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And our argument was, you know, if the ISC can't improve scores, can't really, you know, improve their grade reading levels, why are they asking for more money? You know, if, if you can't deliver results, maybe you try and fix that first, because last time I checked, having fancy buildings does not equate to having great scores and having great student performance. And we've seen that with the, you know, there have been, there has been a lot of renovation, which is fine, you know, I don't think anyone's against renovation. Mm -hmm. But to make the argument that getting that money is somehow going to equate to improving student outcomes, it's just baloney. Or South Texas area community leader Alexia Ann Solis, who began a petition for a public election to fill the abrupt vacancies on La Jolla ISD's corrupt school board. As a community, we must take back what is ours. The abuse of power must come to an end. We need to demand that our voices be heard. Or the countless parents all across Texas, who, especially since the coronavirus shutdowns in 2020, have discovered more of what's really happening in their children's schools. They've petitioned their local school district, testified to their local school board, voted in their local elections, contacted their state representatives, run for school board themselves, and even sued to uncover corruption in the system. They've organized groups, such as Texas Education 911, recently established to advocate a list of specific proposals to state lawmakers, including school transparency with parents, eliminating STAR tests, and returning focus to core subjects. That group is growing and has already partnered with dozens of grassroots organizations and activist leaders statewide. Parents know their children's lives are at stake now and see the escalating alarms of the state government's current monopoly system. 
Famed 20th century British historian Christopher Dawson warned of the eventual consequences of such a system in his book, The Crisis of Western Education. Once the state has accepted full responsibility for the education of the whole youth of the nation, it is obliged to extend its control further and further into new fields to the physical welfare of its pupils to their feeding and medical care, to their amusements and the use of their spare time, and finally to their moral welfare and their psychological guidance. The state, if left unchecked, grows into a quote, new leviathan, amassing size and power that can control citizens in new ominous ways. We've already begun to step into that next stage of the system right here in Texas. Look no further than the state legislature's Senate Bill 11 in 2019 a new state law that established Orwellian-style mental health programs in the statewide public schools. It monitors, tracks, and collects new data on children's social, emotional, and behavioral attitudes, as well as their values and beliefs. The, quote, systemic and coordinated multi-tiered support system includes intrusive mental health surveys on kids, emotional screenings and questions, and behavioral dashboards on children, all of which are happening in some cases without parental consent. None of the new programs are well studied for adverse effects on such a young age group, and families with kids in the school system now face risk of their child being transported to a psych hospital or scrutinized by Child Protective Services. What will be next? History repeats itself but in such cunning disguise that we never detect the resemblance until the damage is done. Sidney J. Harris Texas's current monopoly education machine is no doubt broken and blaring all kinds of alarms, and warnings from the past can teach us where this may head. But what direction will Texans choose to go right now? John Hood, former president of the John Locke Foundation, makes an important point. He said our debate over school systems can, quote, often ignore the crucial role of individual decisions by students, parents, business owners, and educators. By assuming that any set of reform ideas can magically create a well-educated citizenry, we oversell the role of policymaking. Hood wrote, Education requires initiative. The family is the centerpiece of a child's education, and the belief in the need for fathers cannot and should not be ignored writes the Institute of World Politics. The parents have the prime responsibility for the education of their children and should not put this crucial obligation in the hands of the school, whether private or public, much less in those of the state. Texas parents can act right now to not only help their children today, but engage with their children's school system that will shape them tomorrow. The Constitution's promise of an efficient, prospering education system remains. Will you make it come true for our kids today? This episode was written and hosted by Jacob Asmussen. Audio production and direction by Drew Cook and sound engineering by Luke Marshall.